2: This is the Unplayable Podcast. We are gearing up for the first test of the summer Australia are going to be taking on the West Indies from Perth to kick off the test summer and we are very excited to have it right on our doorstep. We're going to be chatting to Cameron Green later in the show so stick around for that but for now it's me Josh on a finger and we're going to be crossing to Louis Cameron who is in Perth ready for that first test that we just mentioned. Louis how is it over there in the West? It's hot, Josh. Yeah. Thanks for,
1: thanks for having me on. Um, it's hot. Yeah. Especially coming from Melbourne where we've just had a deluge of, of rain in recent times. It's, um, it's quite, uh, it's quite balmy, mate. I'm, I'm here at the Wacker at the moment where the the, the Australians have been preparing in the lead-in for this test, not the Perth Stadium, which is which is obviously where the test is going to be played, just over the uh, over the Swan River, kind of just behind me there. Um, so yeah, interesting that they're they're warming up on a different ground uh, to the one they're going to be playing at, but they move over to Perth Stadium uh, the day before the test and and have a, have a little look at how things are going there. Um, but, yeah, the, the biggest takeaway is it's, it's warm. It's going to be 36 degrees uh, on match eve, 33, I think, for the first day of the test, and then a little bit cooler as, as we go through. So um, going to be a, a scorching start to the summer, especially by November standards.
2: Certainly. Um, now, we know that it's been quite a while since there's been a men's test held in Perth, 2019, in fact, against New Zealand. Can you sense that the locals are getting around it? Is there a bit of a buzz about having the test team back in town?
1: Yeah, I think there is, Josh. Like, there's been a uh, a real sense that this is something that Perth people who who love their cricket, who attend cricket um, in, in really good numbers, I was. Yeah, who, who always, you know, turn out for, for Scorchers games, even through the pandemic and stuff, that they really want... They've wanted Test cricket back for a while now. And, um, yeah, they're finally getting it with uh, with the West Indies coming here. They've they've missed... Yeah, so they missed 2021, 2020... So they missed two or three summers, I think it is. And we all know that Perth, you know, had very strict COVID quarantine measures. So um, they've been separated from the rest of the world in, in maybe more ways than one. Um, only joking, Perth fans um for the last little bit so uh, yeah there, there definitely is a sense that they've that they've wanted this for a while
2: yeah we won't dig too deeply into that i think <laughs> on this particular podcast louis you've been keeping a close eye on australia as per usual now it's looking like a full strength side is that what you're expecting to see on wednesday when they roll out for the first test yeah,
1: I think so. Apart from Steve Smith somehow hurting his hip uh, using a, a strange massage contraption that, uh, when he told us about it during his press conference the other day, I thought he was talking about a uh, one of those massage guns that you know kind of vibrates back and forth and oh, yeah. um, you kind of get that to get into your joints. What he was actually talking about, uh, it was kind of clarified after, was uh, one of these U-shaped um, little things that you you kind of lie prone on, on your on your front. And as Steve Smith explained, that he uh, he kind of like just got into the wrong area in his hip. So these things are designed to, yeah. So they're they're designed to get into the uh, psoas muscle, which I didn't know existed until he told me about it, and um, now I I do know existed. I think that that's psoas with a p s o a s. Uh, and it's, it's a hard muscle to, to loosen up and it's important muscle apparently to loosen up uh, and he hit a nerve beneath that and, um, and kind of had a, a shooting thing go down his leg and there was a bit of, bit of worry from him but I think he's okay. Um, I saw Cameron Green he was doing a press conference today at, um, at the beach where um, Cricket Australia had a bit of a, a media op for the, the new uh, naming partners NRMA Insurance, I should get that right, um, and Green had this huge bruise on his on his uh, on his thigh, which uh, could be related to the the hours he spent in the nets, uh, sorry, against a bowling machine facing his dad, who's been um, who's been helping him practice his forward defence after a lot of white ball cricket. You'll hear more about that on the uh, in the, the second half of this podcast, Cam. Uh, Cam, I just called you Cam. How weird's that? <laughs> I was already thinking about him. Uh, Josh, you'll, you, our listeners will hear that. Um, so apart from those two very minor things, I think they're just about at full strength, mate.
2: Um, that contraption, that sounds like something Mm. you might buy off daytime television. um,
1: (laughs) 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 It it does a bit. I I looked it up and it's, it's a legit thing. It's one of these, um, kind of new age fitness devices that, that, you know, people are always looking for, for ways to, um, to step up their fitness game and stuff. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a good plug for, for this uh, this contraption. Well, actually, it's probably a bad plug for this contraption, really, because uh, there needs to be a warning that you need to use it the correct way. So, um, But, yeah, never fear. I think I think Steve Smith will be uh, be right for the
2: first test. He's an interesting story too, isn't he? Because he's been in excellent touch in the one-day cricket. Um, well, in fact, going all the way back to the Zimbabwe and New Zealand series, he was hitting them really well there. Didn't really get much of a go in the T20 World Cup, but then has looked in magnificent touch against England in that dead old ODI series. And now it seems like he's set, well, your story yesterday on cricket.com.au said he could be primed for his biggest summer ever, which considering some of the summers he has had, that would be quite a fate. Yeah,
1: and he was really open in speaking about it, Josh, which I, I found very refreshing. I mean, you don't often get. Uh, I was thinking, and I would understand why they wouldn't do this, but you know, if, if it was Mitchell Stark speaking, he probably wouldn't say that I'm going to come out and take take 30 Test wickets this summer. Like that's just not him, and that's probably not really any of the other guys. But um, I like the way that Steve did that in a, in a way that you know wasn't arrogant at all or, or bigging up himself. He he actually spoke about, you know, the last three home summers have been pretty lean for him by, by his standards. And he wants, he's wants he been racking his brain on how he can get better and how he can improve. And um, what he's come up with, as we kind of saw in that one day series, was um, just a, a lesser trigger movement. Uh, the, he's trying to stay a little bit more side on to the ball uh, and, and be able to hit the ball through the offside a little bit more. And also be able to play the pull shot with, it, with a bit more power. Um, so we're, it's funny. We are actually, um, and I pointed this out in, in the piece. He changed his technique here at the Wacker, where he, he spent um, quite a few, uh, you know, quite a few hours in the nets uh, in, the, in the last few days, and was batting in the middle um, just a, a few hours before. Um, he changed his technique in a 2013 Ashes Test here against England mid-innings, and that was the the genesis for. Uh, the the back and across movement um, that that we all now know as part of his game when he's at Perth Stadium this week I, I don't think we'll see that is as, as pronounced the back and across movement so um, really interesting kind of like symmetry and uh, and yeah really interesting subplot to um, to see how many runs he can score against um, yeah well, I mean we can say it, the West Indies are, are the eighth ranked Test team they're not uh, they're not as strong as as you know some other test teams that might come out here so it's a good opportunity for him to to pile on the runs
2: it's interesting that he said his last few summers have been lean i did have a look at his numbers and since 2020 he's averaged uh, 45 in test cricket which is a lot higher than you might think but for his lofty standards it's pretty low and another thing just on him saying that he's going to have a big summer i mean that's something that we love from the big personalities of you know the American sports leagues, isn't it? But we don't get a lot of it in Australian sport for whatever reason.
1: We don't, yeah. And and to clarify and put it into context, he, he didn't come out and just say, oh, "I'm going to make a truckload of runs," uh, you know, kind of like a like an American athlete would. He was he was asked about a, a column Greg Chapel wrote uh, for The Age. And uh, which was it was really interesting um, and talking about some of the technical things and whether he agreed it with it. And for the most part, Steve did. And Greg in that column suggested that that a mountain of runs kind of beckons for him this summer. So that was the kind of and, and Steve said, yeah, I hope, I hope I can. I hope I can have my best ever summer. So that was the, the context of it. But your point about him averaging 45 in home tests and we're kind of going, oh, yes, yeah, Steve's out of form and, you know, what's going on with him? It's just a sign of of the greatness of the guy, I suppose.
2: Absolutely. Speaking of mountains of runs, Usman Khawaja, 888 runs for the calendar year himself, averages 68 in Perth tests, albeit the whacker, but he is a man who has got his second chance, or maybe his fourth or fifth chance in the test team if we go through all of his times he's been in and out, and he's really been dominating since he came back into that squad. Is it going to be the same again for him this summer? It, uh, it certainly looks like
1: it. He's been, in, he's been in incredible form, hasn't he? I asked him today about um, why he hasn't been opening the batting for Queensland and he, he bristled a little bit and I think he, he enjoys the, the back and forth sometimes with the media and, <laughs> and putting people on the spot a little bit. But he basically said, you know, I've played enough cricket. Uh, it doesn't really matter where I bat in the order as long as I'm getting a bit of, bit of game time and um, it's not that important for me to be facing a new ball and, and who am I to, to disagree with him? Um, he's whatever whatever he's been doing over the last 12 months has has certainly worked and um, he also said some interesting things about uh, I mean David Warner and him were up on stage together and talking about this friendship that started when they were five or six years old and the trust that they have and I think that's been part of maybe his success that he's he's come back in in a role that while it might not you know have immediately been been comfortable for him um, he's got a guy down the other end that he's played cricket with since he was six years old I mean just think about that it's it's um, it's pretty incredible that the, the two of them age both age 36 now I think uh, are you know th- so 30 years on from maybe when they first met um, you know they're still you know out there batting in, in test cricket for each other and I, I guess that the really interesting storyline now is how long that partnership can last
2: yeah, it's it's certainly crazy, isn't it? Maybe only the War Twins could boast a similar sort of mm. longevity of their batting relationship. Um, and Cameron Green as well, who we are going to get to later in this podcast, also spoke to the media today. He's still searching for his first test century, but it might not be too far away based on the genuine talent that he has.
1: Yeah, and the thing that, that he said in the podcast uh, today was that Um, coming off the longest run of white ball cricket of his career, um, he has had to. He's had some adjusting to do and he's been really open about. Um, that has been tough for him. We also spoke to David Warner today and he said for him, it's just like, uh, you know, it's like nothing that, you know, he's been hitting, you know, whatever coloured ball around for, for a long period of time. And it, it's it's an easy thing for him to adjust. For Cameron Green, who's 13, 13 years younger than him, it is actually uh, a difficult process for him. And, and what he, I'm not going to give away too much, but um, he, he talked about how his dad was feeding balls to him on the bowling machine and cam was just practicing the forward defense for hours um and and which is just amazing to consider this is a guy who is going to go in the ipl auction uh next month i think i think it's being held and he's going to go for millions of dollars for you know the fact he can bowl fast and he can hit his first ball for six uh and and the potential of what he could do in that format yet he still goes back to to the, the absolute basics of 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 cricket really um so he's a really interesting he's an interesting spot in his career isn't he um and I think we all kind of want to see him get that first test test century under under his belt
2: yeah we certainly do it was great to see his bowling really come along last summer as well took several really important key wickets in the ashes Mm. and he's going to be that force that force quick again because Nathan Lyon won't be losing his spot I'm assuming he's going to hold his spot I mean over the journey, we've always had this discussion around the Perth test, will they drop that spinner? But it's not even a question this time around, is it? I don't
1: think it's a question at all. And a little bit of a tease, I believe our colleague Andrew Ramsey might have, have something lined up on, on uh, our, our, um, our greatest ever off spinner, Nathan Lyon, and his record. At um, at Perth Stadium versus the wacker, but that's that's all I'll give as a as a hint. Uh, I, I think I think you know it's it's unquestionable that he'll be in the, the first test uh, team on um, on Wednesday, and we'll probably see the lineup that we'd, we'd expect to to see um, you know that, that played the most recent test in in Sri Lanka uh, w- with an extra fast bowler.
2: There's also a couple of milestones that are coming up for the Australian. Bowlers, Pat Cummins sitting on 199 test wickets. Mitchell Stark sitting on 287 test wickets, so 13 away for him. And Nathan Lyon on 438 test wickets, 12 away from 450. An incredible feat from the former curator. And so when that piece from Andrew Ramsey does come out, it's going to be must-read stuff. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Louis, have you been... Keeping across the windy stuff, did you see the PM's 11 match that just completed over the last few days?
1: Yeah, saw bits and pieces of it and I think the the bits, you know, the highlights that we all want to see was how uh Tadgerine I hope I'm saying his his name right. At first I thought it was just Tangerine like the fruit. <laughs> um but he uh, doesn't he just look like a chip off the old block. Like I think I think it was you Josh who put together a, a wonderful highlights video of um the two of them side by side batting and uh while it's not as it's not as pronounced the that kind of front chest on Uh, Stance that his old man had. It's very similar in terms of the way he kind of um, he approaches batting. I believe I'm not sure if he did it during the Prime Minister's Eleven game, and you might be able to fill me in if he did. But I've seen photos of him getting getting the bail off
2: the off the stumps and tapping it into the pitch to mark center. Do you know if he did that? I didn't see it during the match, but he did say during an interview that he will occasionally do that. Um, Just I guess it depends on the conditions, how he's feeling. Um, mm. But a nice little uh, homage to his father, perhaps. I did hear also Brian Lara on commentary uh, s- pronounce it Narayan. So um, I'm pretty happy to go with Brian's pronunciation on Narayan Chandapol.
1: I think that'd be right. The other one is uh, Jaden Ciales, who is a fast bowler, 21 year old fast bowler for. The West Indies, who I believe uh, will probably play in the first test. Uh, I think most of us have been calling him Jaden Seals. I know I certainly did until someone corrected me. So, uh, oh, right. watch okay. out for that one. Yeah, definitely. I, be- okay. I believe. Don't don't quote me, but I believe it's Ciales.
2: Great. Oh, that's that's a, that's a much better pronunciation. <laughs> Go it's with a, that it's a much day. cooler cooler <laughs> pronunciation, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of their quicks Elzari Joseph. He's 26. He's been absolutely killing it across formats for the West Indies. He's Fast, He's exciting. He also hits a big ball. He took four for 61 in the PM's 11. And he's got a bit of an interesting history with Australia as well.
1: He does, yeah. I mean, the first time Australia saw him was actually as a net bowler in St Kitts on a 2016 tri-series tour that that most people have probably forgotten about. But Justin Langer was actually the coach of Australia at the time. Uh, sorry, he was the, the interim coach. I think it was during Darren Lehman's tenure and he he sat out Um you know, understandably because it was a it was a big workload at the time and, and Langer was, was in charge and um, we've actually got a video on cricket.com.au of, from 2016 of, of Langer trying to recruit him to the Perth Scorchers, this, <laughs> this guy, this this skinny 18 or 19-year-old kid bowling to the Aussies in the nets um, and they were just blown away by how quick he was uh, and the fact that he, he was in the nets and, and you know, within a few months I believe he was – uh, he was in the West Indies Test squad, um, and he just has had a, a rapid rise. He he was was in the IPL uh, a couple of years after that, and he took a six wicket haul on debut, including David Warner. So um, the guys the guys you know come from from an interesting place to now being the leader of the the West Indies Test attack.
2: Are we expecting to get plenty of pace from this Perth Stadium wicket? Have you heard any whispers about what the pitch is going to be like?
1: Grassy is what I heard. I okay. uh, haven't seen it, and uh, I'm not sure how many of the Aussies have seen it. But um, the uh, one of the interesting things David Warner was saying at uh, at his press conference today was that he he uh, it was a bit convoluted, but I thought he was trying to say that the curators didn't want cracks to be in the wicket, and they were. Um, concerned about how the heat might impact the wicket. We, we know that the, the Wacker, of course, is, is famous for getting long snaking cracks that you can stick your hand in on day four and five of a test um, and the potential for that to, to potentially happen at the, the Perth Stadium, which is, of course, a drop-in pitch, but, um, you know, it does have that, that similar characteristics of, of the bounce. And Warner was saying that he hopes that, that lots of cracks open up, which I, I found really fascinating. Um uh, so yeah, there's the potential potential for that, but you know if there is a lot of grass, that you'd think that might kind of hold hold the thing together a little bit more. So we'll be able to report more on that, uh, I suppose, once we've once we've seen the deck.
2: I'm like David; you just got to embrace it, don't you? I mean, if that's true to Perth, just embrace the cracks.
1: True, but you're a podcast host. He is an opening batsman for Australia. Of course, you want to see large cracks on the on the wicket. I, I can't understand why he would, but. Um, cricketers mate they're uh, they're an odd they're an odd bunch aren't
2: they yeah they're certainly one of a kind and uh, you can speak to that as probably as well as anyone <laughs> australia will be taking on the west indies in the first test of the nrma insurance test series from wednesday the 30th of november at perth stadium Louis, thanks for joining me for this first test preview and now we're going to hand over to cameron green
1: here with Cameron Green on the Unplayable podcast, uh, the favoured son of Western Australia ahead of his first ever home test. Cameron, how does it feel to be home?
3: Yeah, no, it's great. Um, Yeah, just saying to a few boys how great it is to start here. I think um, when you've got a bit of a a lead into like the first test, um, it's always nice to have it in your home state. So yeah, no, it's nice to be here.
1: Yeah, and something you're not really used to. I'm going to ask you a little bit more about the the NRMA insurance test season to, to come up soon. But uh, I want to ask you about limited overs cricket, which um, is what you've been playing a lot of in the lead into this, uh this test cricket. Is it kind of fair to say it was the, I guess, the longest white ball cricket kind of stint
3: of your um, your short career? Yeah, for sure. Um, it definitely felt weird not having like a prep, basically into a Red Bull prep into test cricket. So... Um, yeah, I think it's just new challenges of being the Australian setup. Um, obviously, you strive to be a three format player, so um, that's obviously the challenge that comes with it. So, um, yeah, so yeah, definitely the longest I've had in the white ball setup.
1: Yeah, and a first T20 World Cup campaign. I guess the first World Cup campaign
3: of of any description. How did you find it? Yeah, and no, it was awesome. Um, especially just getting that game at the very end there. Um, just to kind of get you used to what a World Cup can be like, um, whether that's leading into the World Cup next year or to World Cups, uh, World Cups obviously in the future. Um, yeah, it's always awesome that you get a, a little look into what it's like um, without getting properly thrown in the deep end. So yeah, it's nice to get one game at the back end.
1: What was it like? Was it the uh, step up intensity? What were the things you,
3: you kind of noticed? Yeah, not really. I think um, the intensity's been really high the last yeah, two months or so before that um, in the white ball cricket. So, um, yeah, it's always nice when you go into a team with world class players around you. Um, there's not too much pressure on how you go. Um, I had a bit of freedom up the top, so um, and then had a bowl, just a few overs through in the middle just to contain. So, yeah, nice little introduction. Are you going to be
1: playing golf with uh, Josh Inglis more often, uh, given it, it, it uh, did see you come into the squad?
3: yeah um no we always have a bit of a laugh um yeah we spoke about how much we wanted to get back to perth and i obviously i wasn't in the world cup so i was like oh you beauty got a a good two or three week lead up into the test match um get a bit of time at home and then unfortunately he hurt his hand um so i had to had to join the team um and then uh i went home and had a had a rest and, and ingo had to come in and play the last couple of the the one days versus england so um i kind of yeah um, bouncing off each other, which is pretty funny. Um, yeah, he goes home, I join the tour and, and vice versa. So, now it's pretty funny.
1: Like opposite ends of a magnet, yeah.
3: Yeah, basically, yeah. Not playing together, but, um, yeah, impacting each other.
1: Yeah, and you said you, you weren't thrown in the deep end and you felt like you, you hadn't. I mean, I would have almost used those exact words because you, you kind of were thrown in the deep end for that last game, right? You're opening the batting, must, not just a must-win game, but it, it kind of felt at the time like, you you'd needed to win it by a, a big margin um what was that experience like
3: yeah um I think thankfully I had um a little look into what it was like with the months leading up um thankfully I had a, a few opportunities to kind of um get used to what that role might be like um yeah so it wasn't so much throwing the deep end because I did had a bit of prep leading in but um I think that's probably the Probably the quality of coaches we got around, that you feel so comfortable when you go out there. Um, yeah, you don't see it as being thrown in the deep and you see it as an opportunity. So, um, yeah, it's probably a credit to the coaching staff. There's an IPL auction
1: coming up next month. I'm going to ask you about the test, don't worry about it, but um, there is an IPL auction coming up, I think, next month. Is your hat going to be in the ring?
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, I have registered for it. So, um, that'll be an exciting opportunity. I think speaking to a lot of guys... Um, especially in the WA setup, about their experiences in IPL and they speak so highly of it. Um, they speak about the quality coaches that you're obviously around, um, the quality players that you're around. Um, they're all the best in the world at their craft and it's a, a craft that I haven't been exposed to too much. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm so open to wanting to learn as much as I can and um, that's probably the one of the best environments to learn
1: and, and people do I mean people will never be are going to take the Mickey out of you for whatever price tag you, you do go for but but there is a, a bigger picture to it right like is there almost a sense within this Australian team that, that you've been a part of that you know that's kind of the you know the, the finishing school or, or whatever it might be for for someone who has white ball ambitions
3: yeah hundred um, percent yeah like I said you're around the best players in the world and the best coaches and you're getting so much exposure to it so yeah um, I think a lot of guys like Stoin said, like it's helped his game, um, like nothing else really, like especially being put in those uh, high pressure environments, um, that's going to help you cricket in the international scene, so um, yeah, so many guys have said it's helped their game, so yeah, I'm really excited about that.
1: The IPL is a fair way off at the minute and we are in Perth ahead of the, the first test. So I should ask you a little bit about that because it's exciting to have Test Cricket back. Um, as, as we mentioned off the top, your first test at home, I'm sure it's probably um, been mentioned to you a lot. Uh, how many ticket requests have you had?
3: Yeah, I think most people have been quite nice about it. I think they've assumed so many other people have asked that they won't bother. So um, that's, that's an invitation. If anyone's <laughs> listening, uh, hit up Cameron Green for some tickets. He's got some spare yeah, no, I've got a um, pretty big family, so um, yeah, pass it out to my mum and dad, um, and then yeah, close family around there, So, um, and I'm sure I'll be using extra tickets from the guys who don't use it, so um, yeah, plenty of ticket requests going out.
1: What's it mean to, to your parents and, and other members of your family for, for you to be playing here?
3: Yeah, um, no, I mean a lot, um, especially playing a yeah a home test where you've got the whole crowd kind of behind you. Um, yeah, maybe there's a bit of added pressure to do well to kind of satisfy those people that have come out to watch you. But, um, yeah, I think my parents would be proud regardless of how it goes. So, um, yeah, no, it should be a good week.
1: I learned today that your sister is a very good basketball player um, and plays in the US. Is she?
3: Would she come back for something like this? Or Yeah, no, nah, um, maybe if I was debuting or something. But, um, yeah, it's a pretty long way just to come back for a game. So, um, no, she's enjoying herself. She's in New York um braving the cold i think uh. so um yeah she's not enjoying that too much but um yeah it's an awesome experience
1: how's she finding the basketball what what level is she playing at
3: yeah well i previously thought she was playing first division basketball but she's since texted me and said it's not first division so um i'll probably have to go double check that but um yeah she's had a um three year scholarship so far and she's got a fourth um coming up next year as well so um yeah I think it's just an awesome experience to go live in another country and um yeah do your education there so it's pretty cool.
1: I think people are going to be hating the fact that you might not even be the most talented uh, athlete in your family Cameron um uh watching your bat in the nets today um it was interesting like it, was a, it was a pretty long long session with you and you were working with Andrew McDonald there for, for a little while tell us um you know take us inside the nets what what that was like.
3: Yeah um well it's probably the best net I've had in a very long time so um that's probably why captain balls because it just felt so <laughs> nice <laughs> to be in there um yeah everything was moving really well um yeah my head's in a really good place and um yeah it was pretty clear net session um so uh yeah I just wanted to keep hitting it because it was so fun so no, nah, that's probably a good place to be in before a test series
1: yeah I imagine it would be what what were the bits that um that weren't going right before that that you that you kind of felt were clicking today
3: yeah um Well, it's just your timing, I think. Um, Yeah, where your contact meets the ball. Um, Yeah, where your head position is, maybe I was falling over a bit. Um, Yeah, everything just felt really good today. So um, yeah, fingers crossed there's another good session tomorrow, Um, rest day Tuesday, and then yeah, into the test series that we're all looking forward to.
1: And I imagine that's a challenge, right? Like you've come out of so much limited overs cricket and and T20 cricket, especially where, you know, you, you might have to try and hit your first ball for six. Um, has there been elements of that transitioning back to test cricket that that have been difficult?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely my first few sessions back in Perth. Um, yeah, when I did get that bit of a rest, I had, yeah, a few sessions on the bowling machine basically trying to um, change my contact point because, yeah, in T20 cricket you're meeting the ball so far in front of you so you can get that full swing in basically um, to kind of trying to rein it back and hit the ball under your eyes. So, um, yeah, had a a few good sessions um, basically just playing the defence shot um, and yeah just getting your balance right and um, being able to leave the ball that felt weird Uh. Um, so yeah it's a a challenge for all guys that do chop and change so um, yeah I'm just getting exposed to it now. The bowling machine is interesting
1: because I feel like that's gone out of fashion a little bit with a lot of batters, why do you like doing that and
3: who's feeding balls here? yeah um it was more because i felt sorry for my dad if he was throwing balls so um <laughs> i knew it was going to be a long session just playing um basically just playing the defense shot for a few hours so um yeah it was more just wanted something consistent um and look after my dad's shoulder so yeah so it's your old man on the on the, on the machines yep yeah. so now i normally he normally never used the bowling machine um i just thought it was going to be a long session and um yeah, hopefully i could use him for a few sessions in the week after so i um, thought i'd save your shoulder for the day
1: it's um it's
3: so interesting you know
1: you got all this access to amazing coaches and you've just spoken about the ipl and um you know the potential uh e- exposure you might have to that but when you actually go back to it the the best thing is is just your old man feeding balls
3: yeah and playing and playing forward defense for hours yeah basically yeah um yeah, because the game's so different. It feels like you're playing a different game, playing white ball cricket to red ball cricket. So, um, yeah, you kind of feel like you need a, a few hours to, just to really get back to, to basics. Um, yeah, I used my dad basically to throw 60-kilometre um, yeah, half ollies for a few hours. So, um, yeah, it's kind of getting back to the basics, getting your timing right. Um, yeah, not facing Mitchell Stark bowling 140 at your, at your back hip. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so now it's good to get back
1: or Al Zari Joseph or, or one of these guys bowling at your back here. What do you make of the, the West Indian teams and, and particularly the West Indian team, I should say, and, and particularly their bowlers?
3: Yeah, um, I think any West Indian team that comes out, you always um, look at their bowling lineup and they've always got talent there. So um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a really good contest, um, especially at Optus, um, yeah, expecting a bit of bounce and that's obviously what they look forward to as well. So um, yeah, it's always a good contest versus them.
1: Looking at their team, uh, Cameron, Jason Holder looks like the the kind of guy who is um you know, just a, a similar kind of cricket cricketer to you, albeit someone who's um maybe ten years older than you. Have you kind of ever interacted with him? Have you observed him? What's um what's been your experience with him?
3: Yeah, not really. Um I only versed him a few times. Um yeah, it always feels like he's a lot taller than me. So <laughs> I don't know the actual stats, but um yeah, he's just a. A big guy, I'll probably forget how tall I am, so I'm probably not too far off him, but, um, yeah, watching how he plays cricket, um, obviously, super talented and has had a great career, so, um, yeah, he's always someone you look forward to to playing.
1: I I did look this up, weirdly enough, actually. You're 198 centimetres, is that right? Is that still accurate?
3: Yeah, I I feel like I'm 199, but I'll take 198. Yeah, not too sure.
1: If you're 199, you're two centimetres off him.
3: Okay, yeah, so he's only got me by a couple, but... Yeah, it feels like a lot more when you're next to him. So yeah, no, he's he's big.
1: Yeah, he's big. Um, and, and the the final stuff I just want to ask you about Cameron was um about your bowling, I suppose, and and how they're how they're coming out and and how you're kind of looking um, to this summer of of Test cricket, especially um you know with your bowling.
3: Yeah, um, no, it's going really well. Uh, my body's in a really good place. Um, yeah, you always kind of wish you had maybe a couple of Red Bull games under your belt just to kind of get into that rhythm. But, um, yeah, thankfully I'm a, on the fifth bowl on the team so I can kind of work my way in. Um, don't have to go attacking from ball one. So, um, yeah, hopefully work my way into the series. Um, and, yeah, but it's in a really good place.
1: So there is a sense that, you know, you, you might have to be managed a little bit carefully just as, as the um, series gets underway?
3: Yeah, not managed carefully, I think... Um, just not have too high expectations on yourself. Um, just with your, with your rhythm, um, how you might bowl, yeah, 15 overs over a day. Um, probably not used to it. So, um, yeah, you kind of work into the series that way, not not managed in so much.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Is there a day that you, that you kind of hope that one day you might just, you know, if, if it's coming out well and, and, you know, Pat's happy for you to, to have the ball in your hand, that you'd just be able to keep bowling and bowling and, and not worry about any of that?
3: Yeah, 100%. Um, but normally it's up to the big quicks um one's just walked into the room now so um yeah hopefully I can leave it up to him
1: yeah for the context Josh Hazelwood's just walked in here so you, you can't answer that question honestly <laughs> um we might have to uh, we might have to save that one for for when he's not in the room
3: yeah do it off air
1: appreciate your time as always Cameron
3: thank you awesome thanks so much for having me